May 9th, 2018. You're listening to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. And I'm your host, Kellen Conley. So, I have a lot of topics. They're a little old for reasons that I'll get into in episode 63. But see, what had happened was, uh, I, I hope, I sincerely hope that y'all enjoyed me rattling off all the episodes that y'all got between 54 and 61. 54 being, uh, I don't even remember. I know 55 was for all intents and purposes. 54... What was 54? It's not coming to me. I don't have the title. But from time that I sat down on March 30th to record with Marcus, the Infinity War Iron Man episode, I knocked out 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, and 60 within a two-week span or so. Got caught up, released an Infinity, the Infinity War episode the week before Infinity War came out. Came out on April 20th, Aaliyah's fourth birthday. And then Infinity War came out April 27th. Beautiful day here in Morgantown. Seems like we're actually having spring, finally. We're still going through cold spells when I was on that little tear there. But now, it's gorgeous. Sun shining. Birds are singing. Spring fever is in the air. All that. Every single ounce. But let's get into it, man. My man O just went live on Facebook. Someone just liked something on Instagram, like the new Isla Pal post. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com, of course, or IlaPal.com or IlaPal.net. You can get all the It's Like a Podcast or whatever episodes. Most recent one was a Ask Us Anything podcast. I have not checked that out yet. But I think I'll be updating my iPod in the next few days and I will get on that. Um, guys, when I, when I asked when, when are the live episodes starting, I meant when are y'all going to start doing episodes in front of crowds, not what time do y'all actually start recording. But I appreciate y'all telling me that. I did catch that on the live stream. Um, or not the live stream, on the YouTube. I did check out a little bit of the early video. But I just want to know when y'all going to start doing live shows because uh, 
y'all ready right now just just a little bug i'm gonna put in y'all's ear that's all so i mentioned a few episodes back that j cole was dropping an album on 420 called kod um there's like three different meanings behind that i've not listened to kod yet I did check out one of his videos, though, not the Kevin's Heart, the other joint he dropped. Watched a little bit of that, and that was pretty cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this J. Cole album, which will probably go on my iPod here soon when I re-up on music. Because I got to get the new Royce, I got to get the new Prom. DJ Jazzy Jeff just dropped M3, and if you never took the time to listen to the Magnificent album by him that came out some years ago or 2007's The Return of the Magnificent. They're very good albums. Jeff produced them all. And he has great, great MCs on the tracks. Um, one of my favorites is uh, uh, Brand New Funk 2K7, I think they called it, with uh, Petey Crack. And... Uh, they re, re, they redid the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince record, Brand New Funk. And Petey killed it. Uh, also, a funny, uh, a nice running theme throughout the Return to Magnificent is um, Jeff, and forgive me, I haven't listened to albums in some years, but Jeff is supposed to be meeting up with Will at some point. Um, I don't know if it was a visit or they were supposed to record or what the reason was. But Will does appear on the album, and it's hilarious. So make I gotta get that DJ Jazzy Jeff at M3. Make sure you check that out and check out his previous releases. Uh, he has a single with Romfest and uh, his artist Dane Jordan. I'll, Dane runs with him and put him and and Jeff put him on. So I don't know if he's his artist per se. But you know what I mean. That's his guy. And he, he's on uh, uh, Vinyl Destination, Jeff's YouTube series. He's on that all the time. But all that aside, I've got to listen to J. Cole. Now, many people have opinions on rap. Rappers. For the most part, Kendrick is revered. Big Sean is revered. I actually uh, remember watching Sean's Detroit video when he had that Detroit mixtape out in between uh, Finally Famous, the album, and Hall of Fame. I watched that Detroit video, and I looked at, I looked at E, and I was like, yo, Sean might be the best rapper out, man. And since then, Sean switched up his style a little bit, but Sean still brings it. I started that project he has with Metro Boomin, but I haven't finished it. But Sean's one of my favorites. I always fail to mention him whenever I talk about Drake, Wale, J. Cole, Kendrick. Of course, you have Drake, biggest artist in the game, getting ready to drop his fifth album. I think. Let's see. Thank me later. Uh, take care. Nothing was the same. Views. This will be Scorpion. will be his fifth studio album. That is coming out here in a few short weeks. So 
For the most part, though, Drake is revered in hip-hop. But Cole, for some reason, man, there's a lot of people out there that don't fuck with Cole. And I never understood that. This episode sponsored by Brisk Juice Drink Fruit Punch. Give me my checks. I've been down with Cole since the warm up. Since the come up, because I went back and listened to it. The come up is okay. The warm up is obviously his jumping off point. Friday Night Lights. Uh, the first album, which is escaping me. I can see that cover of him sitting on the bench. Sideline story. Born Center, <clears throat> personal favorite of mine. I wrote about that album on my website, hyphenuniverse.com, back in December. Then, of course, you have 2014 Forest Hills Drive, four years only. And, uh, is it four years only? Yeah, four, I think the album he dropped before this, and now he has KOD. Shea Serrano, the guy who uh, wrote, he wrote a rap book, which I haven't checked out, but I've heard great things about. And he also wrote the book Basketball and Other Things, that same book that I told y'all I spilled KFC uh, mashed potatoes and gravy all over, but I did finish it, and it's a really good book. <clears throat> it, if you've read Simmons' basketball book, it it's not as in, it's not Simmons' book. Simmons, I'd take Simmons' book still over it. But it's a great, fresh take on the NBA through some very creative ideas. But anyway, Shea Serrano, I'm guessing was in the rap book, said something about how he just does not like J. Cole. And then there's many others out there who just do not like J. Cole. And I've never really understood why. It's like... I get it. Maybe you don't like workout. You didn't like workout. Maybe likes please wasn't your thing when he first came out. But then even with that, you hear or you heard him on Blueprint 3 and you weren't that impressed. But then he the thing that I really feel like solidified Cole's arrival before Sideline Story and Friday Night Lights came out was nothing but trouble. The good during the Good Friday series came out on Friday. It had several good music artists, and they all killed it. Sean really killed it, I think, on that joint, if I remember correctly. Cole was last, and Cole just came in and murdered everything. And I really felt like that was solidifying his position. Who that was okay. Um. Blow Up was my shit. I rapped over Blow Up. You can check that out on... <laughs> should I really plug my shit? Yeah. Check it out on music. Uh, no. No, it's uh, b-bandcamp.com. You can see listen to it right there. It's called Durantula. There used to be a video up, but I took down all my music videos. Because uh, they were mostly terrible, the ones I shot. I wish I still had the original Durantula's 
I recorded those are nuts and really bad and I wish I hadn't deleted it in hindsight but what what is it about Cole that just divide people like people say he's boring uh he, he's just not for you which is fun I respect that because most rap day is not for me and that's where I stand on it I, I just have no interest in even trying I'm kind of with Eminem on putting the axed murder rap, but, uh, murder rap, axed murder, axed mumble rap, but, you know, it's just, uh, I don't get it, man, like, Cole really found his footing once he got through his first two studio albums, and this was like, alright, well, I'm just gonna do me, and I'm gonna stay in this little bubble right here. If people want to come find me, they can come find me on my music. He's done like maybe five features since Forest Hills Drive came out at the end of 2014. He was on, he's actually on Royce's album too, on Book of Ryan, on Bablo, Bablo Boat, I believe it was called. And he killed that. Uh,. I watched his documentary. I may have mentioned it on here before. Um, I didn't watch the one um, before the last album. I watched the one that they did after Forest Hills. Um, that essentially up to like it was a bunch of little videos that was released, and then eventually he had the special live show come out that he did back at home in uh, Vietnam, Fayetteville. North Carolina. I just I just find Cole to be a deeply complex rapper, man. Like he's relatable, but at the same time he he's he's telling you some shit. Like you can't listen to something like Firing Squad and not be fucking ready to go. You can't listen to something like um No, no role models and not be impressed you can say whatever you want about the last album which a lot of people like when I first listened to it I was like oh this is okay when I listened to it again I felt all kinds of dope shit that was on there that he got no respect for that last song on the album is crazy I love that song but just some people don't fuck with Cole like that. And that's fine. But him and Wale, man, like, I don't even think Wale gets near the amount of criticism because for the most part, Cole is revered in the hip-hop community. Wale is more tolerated, unfortunately, and I think that's wrong because I love Wale. I think Wale's dope as hell. I, I have since... I heard back in the go-go in 2007, 2008, it was right before he, he dropped the mixtape about nothing, had Push and Bun B on it. I was in, I was like, yo, Whale's dope. And then I was like, you mean Wale? I'm like, yeah, Wale. I went back and listened to everything, man. Paint a picture. All those early mixtapes he did leading up to that point in his career. I was a big fan. I still am a big fan. And a, a big Cole fan, like, 
like I said, like I bought a physical, I didn't say this, but I bought a physical copy of Born Center. Because Born Center was, it, it came out the same day as uh, Yeezus in 2013. And when I had my old car, I could only play actual, like it wouldn't play burnt CDs, my, my stereo wouldn't. So I had to get actual physical copies and I was like, I'm not about to do this all the time. So I had like, I had the TLC, Crazy Sexy Cool that I got for $5 on Black Friday. I had Magna Carta, um, I almost said, yeah, Magna Carta, Holy Grail. No. Is that right? What? Oh my God. Yeah. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Um, had the Ho the Hove album, and then I had Born Center. And my copy I got from Best Buy had the additional um, bonus disc, which was oh, I don't want to look it up. I can just look it up, but I can see Truly Yours. I had Truly Yours three um, attached to it, so. I had the whole Born Center album. I, I switched the disc out and I had Truly Yours 3, which had jams on it. And I I bumped the hell out of that album. I also played the hell out of Magna Carta and Crazy Sexy Cool. But I that's one of the reasons why I really like Born Center is because I live with that album. And that's something a lot of people don't do anymore with music because it comes out so fast. No one lives with an album. I tried to um, do this thing when new music would come out I wanted to listen to, where I would just listen to the album on repeat for a week to try to really live with an album. But even then, I didn't feel like I was getting the full experience uh, of really understanding and taking in the music the, like the way that I, I used to. And I feel like with Cole, you, you have to live with his music in order to truly appreciate it. The sideline story was not the greatest thing in the world. But at the same time, sideline story had a lot of those jams on it. He had that the joint, um, uh, the one about... Uh, whether his girl's pregnant and whether she should keep it or not. And that song's really dope. There's a, there was a live performance of it, of him performing it on YouTube. It might still be on there. And I'm actually going to look up that record because I really like it. And I don't want to do it a disservice by being, oh, it's the one with he's talking about his girl getting an abortion. Uh, whole world, sideline story, right? Podcast 101 right here, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, I don't see it. Uh, let me just go to the J's. And I can't find it. There you are, J. Cole. Ah! Oh, I don't have it. Damn. I could have swore I had... Uh, could have swore I had that on my iPod. Um, hold up. Wait a minute. Uh, ah, uh, ah, ah. Sideline story. Studio album by Joseph Cole. Jermaine Cole. 
Lost ones. I love lost ones. Beautiful song. But maybe people don't have patience for Cole, man. Like, but at the same time, they, they have patience to sit there and figure out that Kendrick's damn album is going to be played backwards. <laughs> Which is just baffling. Cole gets the short end of the stick when it comes to criticism, man. If Wale gets the short end of the stick as far as people being a fan of his and people actually uh, buying his music so that he didn't get dropped from his label, though it might be a good thing considering the music he's been putting out lately, like I said before. I, I just don't understand what the difference is with Cole because Cole, I looked at Cole's Pitchfork reviews and Pitchfork is, of course, notorious for having bad reviews. I believe they gave... Gambino's camp album like a a one or something. It was something stupid when it came out. And I love the camp album. A lot of people love the camp album. And now look what he's doing. He gets no he's he didn't get critically acclaimed. For the most part, people say Forest Hills Drive was his best album. And I agree with that. But I just feel like at some point it's like, all right, well, why why aren't we giving this dude his props, man? Like, why why is people not fuck with Cole like that? It, it's an enigma. I don't have an answer. Aside from just people's changing taste and their lack of attention when it comes to music. And I, I feel like Cole kind of gets the short, end of the, the short end of the stick when it comes to respect as far as music. But yeah, seriously. Ask people if they fuck with Cole or not. Do you like J. Cole? And they'll probably be like, I bet you a lot of them will say no. Like, ask people who are actual rap fans. Don't, don't just be asking some rando. Yeah, you like J. Cole? Who's J. Cole? He's big, but he ain't Drake, Drake, Drake big. So that's my first topic. I mean, I, I just thought I'd talk about it. It was kind of, it was kind of trash. <laughs> Let's get into this Venom trailer, though. Next topic. So, a few weeks for Infinity War. In fact, it may have been a week before Infinity War. And it was before Infinity War. The Venom trailer dropped. Instead of the teaser, they dropped the full joint. First of all, all y'all need to get off my baby Jenny Slate's back about saying symbiotes. That's how she that's how she was told to say it. Damn it. Leave Jenny Slate alone. Leave her alone. She's good enough for Captain America. She's good enough for you, damn it. Um so I, that's not even an issue. So in the trailer, the first trailer they showed uh, Tom Hardy, he's on some table, he's trembling, and it's like, oh, the symbiote's about to come out, he's about to turn to Venom, and then it faded to black, and he was like, oh, what was that, that was trash, well, Sony heard you, so Sony's like, let's give him some visual effects, so you actually see the symbiote, uh, symbiote, uh, starting to form over his face in the trailer, and then at the very end, he literally turns into Venom in front of Somebody he's fighting, the tongue comes out. We are Venom, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 
This looks like horse shit, to borrow a word from my friend Mary. Maybe some of y'all fuck with it, but I, I don't, man. The visual effect of Venom was not that impressive. Another another, um, another girl of mine, Elizabeth Banks, came out and was like, looks like he has a penis in his mouth or something, something sweet. And I thought it was hilarious. And she apologized for it. And I was like, no, you ain't got to walk that back. Mm-mm. No, man, it, it, did, it doesn't look up the par. Maybe by the time it comes out in November, it's October, November. By the time it comes out, that'll change. And people are like, oh, man, Venom, like, he looks way better now. Maybe they just picked the absolute worst visual of him they could because it was, anything else would give away too much of the movie. As far as I know, this is a Sony joint. It's not a Sony Marvel Studios joint. I did not see any Marvel Studios logo. Obviously, it's a Marvel film due to the character. But this is a Sony joint. This is immediately make me think of being Amazing Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 3 realm. And I'm a Spider-Man 3 apologist because I do enjoy watching that film. It, it just it looks like it's going to be trash and I'm not going to go see it I can tell you that right now I'm not going to see it in the theater Tom Hardy's scenes as Eddie Brock what, what was, was he a reporter his dialogue seemed jointed and weird I mean I, the things I thought was cool was the symbiote talking to Eddie in his head and then Eddie responding and getting that whole we relationship going on because obviously there's Eddie and then there's the symbiote and then there's Venom, which is them combined. I thought that was fine. I thought that was cool. But this just looks like straight trash, man. And the fact that we're even getting a Venom movie in 2018 of all things is just insane to me. Like, let's break it down. Venom premiered. A few issues before Amazing Spider-Man 300. Well, then he didn't premiere. He uh, there was a what what do they call it? a cameo appearance. It was like 296 or something like that. Venom popped up and there's like, oh, who's that mystery guy? I believe the first shot that we actually got of Venom was in 299, like full appearance. And then of course the origin and his his true coming out party was in Amazing Spider-Man 300 where he faced off against Spider-Man in an epic battle. Now from there I, I get it. I'm fine with Venom. Story was Eddie Brock was a disgraced reporter from the Daily Globe. He had written a story about the Sin Eater saying that he was this guy Stan Carter I believe. I may have mixed up the real name with... Uh, no, he said it, his name was Emerald. It wasn't Emerald. Uh, it, Stan Carter was the actual sin, sin Eater. But Eddie ran this, um, with this story to the Globe saying he found who the real Sin Eater was and da-da-da-da-da. Days later, Spider-Man catches the real guy and Eddie is disgraced for obviously faking the funk. So he's fired from the Daily Globe. 
not knowing where to turn to as his career in the drain and he's a fraud and he planned on killing himself so he goes to oh let's see if I can remember this uh oh truck has gone to me oh that makes me mad that one should have came to me um 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 what is the church let's see church venom Venom Church. Our Lady of Saints Church is what it's called. And just some quick history, courtesy of uh, Wikia.com. Let's see. Our Lady of Church Saints was where Eddie Brock met Emil Gregg, which is Emil Gregg is who he said was the original senator. And I'm trying to do a quick reference here. To find out oh okay so Eddie didn't know that Emil Gregg was lying because Greg confessed his sins did a confession letter he sent to the globe and that's how Eddie Brock got it um, then he showed up the dra- to uh, Daily Bugle turned out to be a copycat and yeah, so Eddie Eddie didn't know that he had bad info. So that that's my bad. Emil Gregg was a copycat of the senator. He went to Our Lady of Saints Church to kill himself. The same church where Spider-Man used the church bells in order to rid himself of the symbiote. Well, despite the fact that when Spidey did this, it seemed like the symbiote had died after it carried him away from the noise that could have per- that could have caused him permanent damage. And now I think about it, this might be comic book logic, but huge church bells. He was literally in the church steeple. He these things are going off. This, of course, venom is vulnerable. The symbiotes are vulnerable to fire and sound. And the sound of the bells got the symbiote off, Peter. And it was killing the symbiote, but in one last act of uh, righteousness, so to speak, the Venom symbiote moved Peter away from the bells where he would not be killed by the sound either, or something like that. I'm not looking that up, but I, I believe that's what happened. Everyone assumed the symbiote was dead. It wasn't. Eddie was there in the church, mad at Spider-Man for... Ruining his career and everything. Of course, you don't blame the guy who was the copycat. I mean, not that I wanted him to go throttle him. Or you don't try to work things out. And <laughs> I don't know where that came from. You don't try to work things out with the globe. Be like, hey, this is a copycat. I didn't know. Let's just print a retraction. Obviously, we look stupid. But at the same time, we have false info. We have fake news. What can I do? No. You you blame Spider-Man and decide to kill yourself. Okay, so he's in the church with a knife. I guess going to slit his wrist or whatever. And the symbiote senses a kindred hate, hatred to Spider-Man. Obviously, Spider-Man rejected the symbiote. And Eddie hates Spider-Man because of what happened to his career. So, they bond. The symbiote says, hey, what's up? And then Brock's yo, what the hell are you? And the symbiote's like, well, I hate Spider-Man. And I can give you powers you ever, um, never, ever imagined. 
and we can get revenge on Spider-Man. Eddie Brock's like, cool. That's exactly how it happened in the book. You can read it. And they bonded. So Venom was born from his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 300. Venom was seen uh, periodically coming back to finish the job on Spider-Man. Eventually, by... Let's see. I believe it was Amazing Spider-Man 362, maybe? Because the, the, the original Carnage Saga was three issues. It was... No, 361. It was 361, 362, and 363. Um, Spider-Man and Venom have to team up when the Venom symbiote asexually reproduces a spawn, which gives Cletus Cassidy the Carnage symbiote. They team up to take out Carnage. Spider-Man double-crosses Eddie and takes them both down. And we don't see Eddie again for 10 issues. Eddie is back in town, ready to kill Spider-Man. Somehow, oh, oh, this is when Peter had his fake parents, that Harry Osborn, um, the, the robots, the, the, there was a special word to use for life, life constructs. Eddie kidnaps Peter's parents. Obviously, Eddie knows who Peter is because the symbiote knows who Peter is still. When the Carnage symbiote reproduced asexually, it did not carry the knowledge of Peter Parker's secret identity, just in case y'all were wondering. So he kidnaps Peter's parents. Peter has to go find them. It's wintertime. It's a really good issue. It's episode, episode. It's issue 375, Amazing Spider-Man. It had an awesome hologram cover of Spider-Man and Venom locking up. Uh, one of my cherished possessions before I got rid of a bunch of my comic books. And it, it, it was it was awesome fight. I mean, they they were they were going at it. Uh, Spider Man was getting the shit kicked out of them. At some point, Peter goes and finds Eddie's ex wife Anne Wang. I believe is how you say it. And I believe she's actually played by um, Michelle Williams in the Venom movie. Goes and finds Anne Wang, and is like, hey. Eddie, so Eddie uh, kidnapped. Um, Eddie kidnapped my uh, not my parents. Kidnapped uh, this mom and dad. I, I, he's crazy. I need some way to get through to you, through him. Will you help me? And she's like, No, I won't help you. Blah blah blah. So after uh, the initial kidnapping, Spider Man got his ass kicked in uh, the city. They go to. A carnival ground. I don't. I don't think it was Coney Island, but there. There's some carnival, abandoned carnival that Venom's hiding out at, in the middle of winter, and that's where he has his parents. Of course, in Venom's warped mind, he took Peter's parents to protect them from the evil that is Spider-Man. Go figure. Lethal protector and all. So Spider-Man shows up. They duke it out again. The Wild Pack and Silver Sable, Sable show up. One of them has a sonic gun and kind of evens the score. Uh, Anne shows up and turns the tide back in Venom's favor. She sees what a maniac he is because he's about to kill some wild pack dudes. And then ultimately, <coughs> I think what happens is uh, the, a, a, Ferris, a Ferris wheel comes toppling down from their battle because the, the base has been weakened from them crashing into it. The 
Ferris wheel is falling. I think it's going to fall right on Anne. I don't know if, if Richard and Mary were there either. I don't know if they had escaped at this point. But they were going to fall and crush Anne. Spider-Man grabs it. But he's been fighting Venom for the past however many hours. He's whooped. His costume's torn to shreds. So he's like, Eddie, help me. Help me save them. Help me save the innocent. So, so Eddie, who just got his ass whooped by a sonic gun, uses all his strength. So summons the symbiote back, which was almost battered off of his body. They managed to push off the Ferris wheel, throw it, save the day, and then Venom's getting ready to go right back at Eddie. And then I think Anne interferes and is like, don't you realize that he saves innocence and you care about innocence too? And and then Eddie's like, oh, thank you, man. You've made me see the error in my ways. And he says, Spider-Man... Let's make a deal as he forms. And I remember to splash this page because it's Mark Bagley um, arts pencils. And he says, Spider-Man, let's make a deal. This is dope. <coughs> and so Spider-Man's like, all right, let's make a deal. He's like, you don't come after me. You don't come after us. We don't come after you. Peter, of course, being worrywart Peter is like, uh, there's no way in hell I'm going to let you do this in his head. But he's like, it'll stop him from trying to kill me every four months. Fuck it. Let's make a deal. And thusly, Venom takes off for San Francisco. The Venom Lethal Protector miniseries starts. Of course, Spider-Man ends up in San Francisco in the series. And I, I think he regretted his decision. Uh, the Life Foundation makes more symbiotes from Venom. Uh, there's like five of them. I never finished the series, but I, I know that it spawned more symbiotes. We don't see Venom again until Maximum Carnage, where he again teams up with Spider-Man to face off against Carnage and his band of Merry Misfits in one of the most, uh, hated crossovers. Well, wouldn't even cross through. Hated storylines in Spider-Man history. I loved it, but I also love the Clone Saga. Take that with a uh, grain of salt. Um, there's an um, there's an um, and then, then from there it just gets a little convoluted. I kind of lost track. Essentially, the last time I, I knew anything for sure was Eddie had lost a symbiote. How did he lose a symbiote? Eddie had lost a symbiote. Huh. I don't remember how he got separated from the symbiote. But he had lost it. He ended up uh, fighting Spider-Man in the second or third relaunch of Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, and found out Eddie Brock had cancer. The, the symbiote was essentially a parasite anyway, so that and the cancer was killing him. The symbiote abandons Eddie, and then I believe it is... I don't know where it goes from there. Somehow it ends up in the Shush storyline, which is Marvel Knight Spider-Man, written by Mark Millar and drawn by Mr. Sexy Tom himself, Terry Dodson. Yes! I'm happy my memory's hitting like this. Uh, they, they do their Shush, where Spider-Man fights a whole bunch of villains in a convoluted story, a la Batman Hush, which was done by... Uh, your boy, 
Jim Lee and who oh snap who wrote did Morrison no it was Lee oh wow it might have been Grant Morrison who wrote Hush I can't remember but I'm going to say it was Morrison and Hush Morrison and Lee who did Hush and since I'm on my Google shit anyway Hush Batman oh Jeff Loeb I'm sorry written by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee uh, they took over Batman from like 6.02 for until 6.12 or something like that. Excellent story. Marvel Knight Spider-Man is not quite on the par on par with that, but it has a lot of good moments in it too. There the villains are auctioning off the Venom the Venom the Venom symbiote and the Scorpion ends up becoming Venom. Matt Gargan becomes Venom, and he's Venom for several years. And then somehow from that, Anti-Venom's created. Eddie Brock gets Anti-Venom symbiote, and his cancer's cured. And from there, Flash Thompson got the symbiote. And as far as I know now, I think Eddie Brock, especially the movie coming out again, is back with the symbiote. But I don't know what his stance is on Spider-Man or Lethal Protecting. I told you all this to say this. I never liked the fact that Venom was spun off into his own thing. The miniseries was cool. If you want, like, that, and then he had one right after that. Um, I think he had two or three miniseries that was that happened he got his own ongoing in like 2003 but that was more about the venom symbiote possessing other people because i think that was essentially what happened after the spectacular spider-man story was a symbiote left eddie and then it was just possessing random people and they did like maybe 15 16 issues of venom maybe a little bit more based on that premise venom for me is about one thing and one thing only. It should be about one thing and one thing only, and that's killing Spider-Man. Spider-Man ruined his life. He needs to come after Spider-Man. Don't, don't, you can miss me with all that lethal protector shit. And everything else that comes with it. I don't like it. It's a cool concept. And I I know, I know that Venom was hella popular in the early 90s. I understand that. But, and, and, and like most things in the 90s in comic books, oh, you like this? Let's give you more and more and more. So the fact that Venom's got his own movie now and it's going to be trash Especially with all the quality movies we've been getting from Marvel lately. There hasn't been a brick since the Fantastic Four movie remake with Killmonger in it. And for for all those good things to happen and then have us have this venom brick just looming it sucks. Uh, I think the movie's gonna suck. I'd like to be wrong, but Unless this movie is some kind of horror flick, which is what I was thinking they were, they might do with it. 
like do a little horror angle as as PG thirteen as possible, which would have been cool. I, I just don't see how this works because Venom's the protagonist, obviously. So, and I don't know if Hardy Hardy. I don't know if um, Tom Holland's going to show up as Spider Man. So that's in the air. Again, I don't think it's a Marvel stu- Marvel Studios related to this anyway, and I don't think. I've heard conflicting. I've read conflicting reports about who will be in what universe. I don't know if Venom will be in the Homecoming sequel. You just don't know. Is the thing. I think it's gonna be a big old waste of time. I want my Venom one way, damn it. And it just seems like I'm not gonna get that. So, it is what it is. In case you hadn't heard, Jordan Peele announced that uh, he has a new movie that's coming out in March 2019 called Us. And yes, it says, A New Nightmare from the Mind of Academy Award winner, Jordan Peele. So, looking forward to that very much. Just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I'll leave my Google up because I have been struggling. Next topic. Aaliyah turned four, man. On April 20th, Aaliyah became four been four years since she was brought into that world uh, into this world and that that uh those early sunday easter sunday hours on april 20th 2014 we had a nice little party for her at the morgantown mall took her to kids kingdom which is a bounce house place they actually had an old location was closer to our house last year but I guess Red's cheaper over here at the other mall, and they don't have as much inflatable stuff, but still a lot of things for kids to do, so we had Aaliyah's birthday party there. Kudos to Anthony and Gary and Jonathan and Emma for the moral support, but Angel wanted to get Aaliyah a trampoline, and I don't mean like one a little trampoline. No, she got one. Excuse me. Nah, I'm not bored. <laughs> she got one that would ho- support an adult's weight if we wanted to get on there with her. So it holds like 800 some pounds. It's 15 foot, bro. It, it takes up literally a, a, a quarter of our, well, not a, qu- a quarter, I'd say a third of our backyard now. And we had to put that bitch together. <laughs> So all Saturday morning of her party, April 21st, me, Gary, and Anthony were trying to put this thing together. Gary and Anthony did the heavy lifting. I'm terrible at putting anything together. So I've been really screwed if I try to do it with myself. But we got the, thing, got the base up, went to the party, came back, got the netting up. But we started around, we went and got breakfast. Because everybody was at the house by 9. Went and got breakfast. So it was after 10 when we got started and with a three hour break for Aaliyah's birthday party from uh, one to three and then we had some we went and had some drinks directly after had a few beers before we went back and got the netting up I think it was six something by the time we finished everything so yeah that thing was a beast Aaliyah now has a trampoline and I actually jumped on it for the first time last night with her um 
Gary and Anthony did a good job because I didn't fall through. <laughs> uh, I'm very uh, blessed to have Aaliyah, obviously. She's a great kid, has a good heart. And in response to uh, what you had said on your Solo Dolo podcast, Eric, um, she's definitely a better version of me and a better person than I could ever hope to be, and I hope she continues that, so... She, she's very sweet. Um, and I'm glad y'all appreciated her doing the outro on 60. And the more people are clamoring for it, uh, I'm going to be making, it probably won't be on this episode, but I'm going to be making an official outro just using her for everybody out there who enjoys that. You're welcome. But Aaliyah's four. I'm four years older. It's crazy watching her grow. And I can't wait to see what's next for her. Next topic. (laughs) A lot of y'all... A lot of y'all... were saying something. About my main man... Chadwick Boseman at the Infinity War premiere. Just because he had a picture snap, he threw up the Wakanda Forever right, right over left, had a little green piece of something in his hair for some reason. There was white girls behind him. One of the white girls got bold and didn't watch the SNL appearance about not throwing up the Wakanda Forever. She did it anyway. I think she did it left over right. And a lot of y'all were noticing Chad looked tired. He looked like he looked like he made the biggest mistake in the world. He decided to be Black Panther for Civil War. They spun that off into his own film, which is now out for all y'all. You need to see this movie every single day. Like, I feel like I need to see this movie every day. And yes, I've started watching it. And I've only been doing it in chunks. But I am up to the part where Killmonger is about to bring, spoilers, Claw's head back to Wakanda. That's when business picks up. God, that movie's so good. Like, I just sit there and smile during the whole... uh, the, The whole contest for the throne... And the first time they fly into Wakanda and that music hits. Shout out to Ludwig Gorenson, man. That's, that score is just stupid good. Thank you so much, man. But y'all saying Chad's tired. Like, he did Black Panther. Black Panther is still making money. Obviously, Infinity War is going to kill it. But it's one of the top grossing films of all time. Top superhero movies of all time. And one of the things I love about Black Panther since I've been re-watching it is how it feels like its own movie. Obviously it's connected to the rest of the Marvel Universe. The MCU. But it's not as rooted because it's in, it takes place in a whole different nation. It's And that's one of the beautiful things. It allows itself to be what it needs to be. And that is a African King's story. A prince who became King's story. 
which happened only a few days after he they put his father to rest. Because this takes place after Civil War. But now Chadwick is the star of this huge franchise now. Black Panther 2 has already been announced and Coogler is already attached to direct. We're getting new Black Panther in 29... I, I know... Uh, uh, 19 or 20? I'm going to say 20. We're getting Black Panther 2. And y'all are like, oh, Chad looked tired. Man, you know how much press that man's done? You know how hard he's working? I mean, they, they shot Infinity War and Avengers 4 back to back. So he's coming off a run as far as Marvel of doing Civil War, Black Panther, Infinity War, and Avengers 4. That's uh, and these movies take time. They take months on end to to, uh, to film. So his whole life has been T'Challa for a couple years now. Yeah, he's gonna look tired. Maybe you just didn't catch him in the be the best moment. For real, for real. Before we start getting all upset. Be like, oh, he doesn't want to be Black Panther anymore. Bro, like, like seriously. That don't even make no damn sense. I mean, let, let's look at my man's filmography real quick. 2008, he was in The Express. 2013, he was in a film called The Kill Hole. And 42 is Jackie Robinson. 2014, he was in Draft Day, which I forgot about. Then he played, he was on Get On Up. As James Brown. Then in 2016, he did Gods of Egypt, Captain America Civil War, Message from the King. 2017, he was Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. So that's three huge black his historical figures. Musically, sportsly, and um, politically? Yeah. Yeah. Since then, he's only he did he was in Black Panther, Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers Four comes out next year. He hasn't done anything since at this point. He is tired, but don't you think for one second that my man? Doesn't want to be T'Challa. You you gotta realize here when you when you're talking like this. You have to realize what he has a. Uh, you have to realize that he realizes what an iconic character he's created with T'Challa. I walked out of Civil War. And the big drawing point for Civil War, especially for me, was supposed to be Spider-Man coming into the MCU. And don't get me wrong, I loved that he was... that Spider-Man came to the MCU. I loved it. 
I thought it was hella dope. I I think he, I still think Tom Holland is the best representation of Spider-Man that's been on film. And I stand for Toby's version for some reason, even though Toby's an asshole. Chad knows how big of a character T'Challa is. Does he want to do it forever? No, but do you think... I mean, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson and and Ruffalo. I mean, they, they've been doing this shit for years now. Years. You can miss me with all that he don't want to be Black Panther talk. He's going to be Black Panther until he decides he doesn't want to be Black Panther anymore. And it's not going to be anytime soon. Okay? Okay, Cupcake. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they think Black Panther's going to come out in 20 or 2022. So, we're years away before we're looking at getting Black Panther 2. He can go do other things, do some more movies that's more closer to what he wants to do, maybe play some more black historical figures. The man just hosted SNL. Get off his dick. He should have plenty of downtime following Avengers 4. Well, if it depends when they start filming. Hopefully he will have enough downtime where... He doesn't burn out. I can see it being a possibility, though. I can totally see that. But then you just bring Killmonger back from the dead, and he's Black Panther. Ta-da! Oh, wow. Next topic, man. Uh, that shit's been beat to death so much. When I first wrote this down, Kanye West had returned to Twitter. And I believe the first time I wrote down this topic, or when I first wrote the topic, it was right after Kanye put on the Make, Make America Great Again hat and started saying all these things. And Donald Trump replied to him and uh, all this bullshit. From there... After pissing off a whole bunch of people with the Make America Great Make America Great Again hat, then he turns around and goes on TMZ last week, and your boy's like, "Slavery was a choice. Four hundred years of slavery was a choice because we're not fr we're not free thinkers, or some dumb shit like that." Van Lathan took him the task, took him the task so bad that Kanye's like, Kanye says this to him in the video. He says. Yeah, I want to come over there and, and talk to you. And, and I just want to hug you because I didn't mean to upset you, brother. But I, I don't want to come over here if you're going to punch me. And Van goes, I'm not going to punch Kanye West on TMZ. So he goes over there and Kanye tries to hug him and Van kind of lets him. And they have more of a discussion. And Van essentially says, Kanye, you have a responsibility to the black community to be a role model, essentially. It's bigger than this. You're looking short-term goals. 
That's not how any of this shit works, bro. And Kanye seemed to listen. I have not checked in on Kanye too much since then. Because I can't unfollow him. I should unfollow him, but who knows what this fool's going to say next. And I just want to be able to see it when it happens. Oh, Kanye, let's see what you're up to, fool. There you are. Okay, he slowed down his... Well, no, wait. Excuse me. He's posting his uh, Google searches, I guess. Oh, he he laughed at uh, Donald Glover's SNL skit called a Kanye place. He uh, he did. Oh, and he he reposted Childish Gambino's, Gambino's video. That's cool. We're starting a Yeezy architecture arm called Yeezy Home. All music coming out of the Yeezy sound has to ride like the new Tesla. Yeezy sound is Tesla radio. Today I learned that a newly hired designer on the Yeezy team presented work that was not of their own. This person has immediately been let go from the Yeezy brand. Like, what? <laughs> when do we announce firings on Twitter? <sighs> I'm done. First and foremost, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad anymore, and I'm glad. This is one reason I'm glad I, I, that I delayed recording this episode to kind of let things sink in. And talk to other people about it. And see other people's takes and the responses. I'm not mad. I'm not. Like. I've discussed Kanye before on the show. Because. I talked about him. After the. um, I think it might have been when he went up in Trump Tower. After. Donald. uh, Was a president elect. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, uh, uh, this might have been after Kanye made his comments about B&J missing the wedding and blah, blah, blah. But then uh, I reneged a few episodes later when Kanye landed in the hospital and literally was having a mental breakdown was uh, everybody's reporting. So I was like, obviously, there's mental issues. And, of course, with that went, went uh, Fonsworth Bentley's take that he never took time to mourn his mother. And that's why he is the way he is. Which is all fine and good. I understand that. I respect that. I do. And I, and I said that in the episode. I want to say that was end of the road or either end of the roads where I'm talking about I, I don't want to fuck with Kanye anymore. And then there's an episode where I say, well, I, I forgive Kanye because it's obviously, obviously more going on there. So, but no, I'm done. I'm done. I I will enjoy his tweets. I don't care about the new music, though. I will say, I listened to his song in response to uh, Old Man Ebro. Ebro on Hot 97's morning show. Ebro in the morning. After Ebro took him to task for the Make America Great Great Again hat. 
uh, <laughs> Kanye put out this response track, and the beat is sick. And it's like two and a half minutes of the beat, and then Kanye just goes poopity scoopity, the poopity boop, the poop, the poop, and, and poopity scoopy's been stuck in my head. I can't lie. I haven't listened to Yay versus the people. I have no plans to. Anything from this day forth, Kanye West releases. God, I have no desire to listen to. Now, if he drops a track that says Jay Nas, da, 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 if the feature is hot enough, I'm listening to it. And no disrespect to y'all, but Yay versus the people I, I, is too soon, man. I, I get what you're trying to do. I heard that you're having discussion about what he was saying, everything. And I'll get back to that. But I no longer support Kanye's music. I'll enjoy what he gave us from 2004 up until, what was Life of Pablo? 2016. I'll enjoy all of that. That's perfectly fine. But I don't need any more Kanye stuff. I don't need to deal with that anymore. I went to went back home to Winchester, Virginia for the Apple Blossom Festival and to see my dad for a few days. Went to a family cookout at Stephen City at my cousin Marcus's house and my stepfather, Paul, came with us. Uh, Angel and Aaliyah were in the house with the rest of the family and I was outside with Marcus because he's a man in the grill and Paul was out there. So having a few drinks and a couple laughs and I believe it was Paul brought up Kanye and said, you gonna stop messing with Kanye? Asking Marcus and Marcus like, He's just promoting the album, man. That's the only reason. This is what it all is. It's album promotion. He's just saying the craziest shit. And he he's not realizing that he's going to say some shit that he's not going to be able to take back eventually. But he's just promoting the album. Paul said he just thought it was funny. Like He, he thought the slavery comment was insane. They both did. But Paul just thought it was funny. Lost his damn mind. Which is where my stance comes from. I'm not fucking with Kanye's music anymore. I don't want any parts of it. I can't support that man's art anymore. New art. Because you ain't stopping me from listening to Dropout. God, gosh darn it. You're not stopping me from listening to Dropout. Or Spaceships. Graduation. Or I wonder, he's done so much for music, man. And he this what he this is how he does this, man. This is how VA does this, man. But I'm in full agreement with my cousin Marcus, man. This is all promotion. It really is. He's like, I'm writing a book on Twitter, unfiltered. So I just I'm gonna just put these tweets out here. I'm gonna make it a book. Free thinking. Picture, picture. Uh does this look like the sunken place? But here's the key to my opinion on Kanye before I actually state it. Um, well, I, I, well, I already stated it. He's doing it for promotion. And here's the key to that. I watched like maybe 10 minutes of the Charlemagne interview with Kanye. And people want to say, oh, he's having another mental breakdown. He's not all there. Um, or people want to be like, fuck that nigga. He's trash. Can't believe he said that. You listen to the Charlemagne interview, and I do plan on going back and finishing that because Charlemagne was doing an excellent job, and I just decided to watch something else. 
Um, I believe I went and found uh, from there. I went and found Van's podcast about his um, interaction with Kanye, and Van Lathan actually has a podcast on the Loudspeakers Network, Combat Jack's podcast network, um, and he had Charlemagne on there. That's later in the episode though, um, so I was listening to that a little bit. But Kanye just seems he's just like he's he seems normal on the podcast he's answering the questions he seems lucid he seems to have his facilities about him the opioid stuff i get it especially coming from west virginia that's a major problem here if he's been battling drug addiction then i understand his plight but i'm not giving him any more passes He's doing this for promotion. He's going to drop whatever he drops, whether it actually be Nas's album, his album, his and Cuddy's album, Push's album. If all this shit happens in June, like he's planning, all this happens in June, like he wants. What's going to happen is exactly like what happened with Good Fridays. Because if you remember, Good Friday started on Twitter. Kanye got on Twitter and like, what was it? 2010? Oh, Kanye's on Twitter. And Kanye had some cool moments on Twitter, man. Kanye tweeted like everybody took notice. Then he started doing Good Fridays. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day he got it out that weekend, he would drop a new song leading up to My Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy. And then about a month out from the album, after consistently being a major player on Twitter... For months, at least with something every couple days, he just stops. And then I think he deleted all the tweets. And that's kind of been what he's been doing for years now. So he'll tweet a bunch of stuff and he'll delete it. And then um, I remember I used to follow a fake Kanye account. I thought that shit was real as fuck. I was convinced. And then Kanye got on his old website, Kanye University. It was like, that's not me. I don't tweet. And then like maybe about two years later, he popped up on Twitter. I remember Kanye got in an argument with Wiz when Wiz was still with, I I believe Wiz was still with Amber because he said something about K-I-M. No, he he put K-K up. And Kanye was on some kind of mood and he thought he was talking about Kim Wiz talking about Khalifa Kush that was funny but yeah he's just he's just doing promotion by October I'm gonna say that if he doesn't delete the tweets he's definitely not gonna be using Twitter again well maybe October's too short depends on what his rollout's like it's just promotion he's an idiot and there's a lot of y'all out there who's giving them the damn pass. We gotta stop giving dumbasses passes. Next topic, segue actually. Not my Snapchat. Blam, next topic. Why do we continue to support musicians and actors after they've already shown their true colors? This came to me from Alapal. The Meet Paul Miranda episode. 
Great interview. Paul seems like a good dude. Paul brought up something that triggered this. I believe the question was, if you could put on a dream concert, who would be on the bill? And Paul is a dancer, writer, uh, artist. I, I don't know if he raps or sings, but he's actually working on the film. He has all kinds of cool shit happening. But there's twice on this podcast where he brings up Chris Brown. Now, I've always had a firm stance on Chris Brown ever since the Rihanna incident. Fuck Chris Brown. The thing about Chris Brown, though, is he makes songs like Deuces, which is fire, or Fine China, which is fire, or Back to Sleep, which is fire, or... um, What's the one song? I don't want to say it's Drunk. Whatever's on his royalty album. I got sucked back in. I'm not going to lie. Because my former co-worker Chrissy loves Chris Brown. And she would play his album when we opened in the mornings together. So I was like, let me, let me listen to this joint on my own and see if I like it. It's a fine album. It's fine. But Chris Brown, the person, has not changed. He's still doing dumb shit. He's been in prison, like, what, twice for various things? Um... I mean, it wasn't that long ago that uh, people thought he had had taken a girl hostage or assaulted another girl and he was holed up in his house. But I mean, things in it amicably. But still, why do we support the Kanye's when they say dumb shit like slavery was a choice? Or Chris Brown when he punches one of our queens in music, Rihanna, in her face and beats her like a fucking punching bag. Why do we continue to fuck with this nigga? Another guy that I always... I have a lot of trouble. I have a lot of trouble with this one. Kobe. Kobe's retired. And towards the end of his career, I was a big Kobe Bryant fan. But every time I see Kobe, I think about the fact that he paid off that girl he raped in that civil case. Yes, he wasn't convicted in in criminal court, but he paid in civil court. He admitted the wrongdoing. He forced himself on that girl. Yes, he has a pretty jumper, but fuck. That bothers me. And that's dad shit, too. That shit, I w- that's definitely, that's one I didn't even think about before Leah was here. I look at Pac and Tyson weird. Tyson's obviously had his weird moments anyway. But, Pac... Whatever happened at a hotel room, like everybody's like, oh, Pac the greatest. I love Pac. Yeah, I love Pac too, but fuck. Pac forced himself on a girl and he went to jail. He was convicted of that. Tyson was convicted of that. Who else is trash? We continue to support. Bieber's not... Bieber's trash, but Bieber hasn't done anything, like, super wrong. He said some dumb shit. Um... Like, he made that comment about whether Anne Frank would be a fan of his if she was alive today a few years back. We talked about that on an episode of Trake Adventures, which may come out someday. We'll see. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony. Um, I just don't understand. Like, 
And the thing is, like, obviously Eric's not a fan of Chris Brown. And on his the episode of Isle of Powell, um, season two, episode fifteen, he listed several Eric listed several guys that he didn't fuck with because of their actions. I didn't know about the nice stuff until he said it. About him sexually abusing Khalees. Or physically assault physically assaulting Khalees. Which will make his alimony payments make way much more sense if there was actual abuse involved in the relationship, I, I would guess. He didn't give a pass to Aziz or Cosby. I, I was off the Cosby train, man, as soon as that shit came out. I haven't watched Cosby show. I still fuck with a different world. But these are also shows that are ran its course. The money that the that Cosby makes off those shows is nothing compared to what he was making when they were in production. So, yeah, while we're trickling money into his pockets by watching them on Hulu or whatever, um, however you choose to do that, I, I can live with that. I can live with the fact that Camille's going to have some extra money in her account uh, while Bill rots in prison like jackass that he is. Aziz, he's off of. Eric mentioned he was going to mess with Aziz. That, that's going to be difficult for me. <laughs> Especially if Master of None Season 3 pops up. But we haven't heard or seen from Aziz since the allegations came out in last fall. So, we'll see what happens with him. Louis C.K. obviously is another one. But, but like... Paul mentioned a few times, like, uh, aside from all that other stuff, like, don't quote me, that's not what he said, but essentially was saying, he said, uh, Chris Brown as an artist solely is what he focuses on, his music. And they even agreed to disagree to take younger Chris Brown that didn't, or Ultimate Universe where Chris Brown didn't punch Rihanna in the face to kind of smooth things over. But this is one of the issues that I have with with things. We can't sit here on a pedestal and be like, this guy's trash, this guy's trash. And then, or this woman. But then, the first opportunity we get, we support that person by watching or purchasing or listening to or su- just supporting whatever they're doing, even though they're trash. We got to do better, man. A lot of y'all out there like, I don't care what Kanye say. I just want the music. Kanye's an idiot. You want Kanye, you want Kanye to... Like, how, you can't be so short-sighted, man. We got we to gotta hold people responsible. And this isn't no politically correct shit or anything. This is like, you're a dumbass. We've given you chances, and you've ruined it. Chris Brown lost his chance immediately. R. Kelly. So many chances in the black community. Nobody gives a fuck about what he's done in the black community for the most part. For the most part. I mean, shit. 
I love stepping the name in love as much as the next man. I enjoy R. Kelly's music to this day. But when Bump and Grind comes on and he opens up with that opening line, my mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. He was telling on himself in 1993. And still, people continue to support this dude. Tyrese was just on a live video. Well, not a live video. He, he was just on his Instagram a few months ago doing a song with R. Kelly. Not that Tyrese isn't kind of out there anyway. After he lost his feud with The Rock. <clears throat> squash match. <sighs> we, we gotta stop supporting trash people, man. We got to. Just, just my thoughts, man. But Kellen, what if Michael did touch those little boys? <sighs> God rest the dead. That's all I got to say on that one. Last topic, and this is a quick one. Anthony Bourdain came to West Virginia a few months ago and had everybody in stir. It was during football season. Because he's in more, he started tweeting about being in West Virginia and people were losing their shit in West Virginia. I've been a Bourdain fan since Matt introduced me to No Reservations. I read his Kitchen Confidential book. It's excellent. Really good stuff. Shout out to the guy on the tractor riding behind me. But he came to West Virginia, went several places. There was speculation that he might show up in a Mountaineer football game, might show up in the park in the tailgate. He did not. But still, it was pretty cool. Anthony Bourdain was saying great things about our state. So, turns out he was filming for his new CNN show. Well, it's not so new. I think it's like season three now. For his CNN show, Parts Unknown, West Virginia. And I watched this because I was like, man, he said good things about us. I fuck with Bourdain. Let me check this out, see what he does. And I started watching Angels, like, and they were talking to, uh, they were in McDowell County, not, maybe McDowell. They were, they were middle of the state, southern West Virginia, more like it. And you saw your typical white families and Bourdain's having one having dinner with them and they're talking about Cole and Angel's like I hate they only portray us as hillbillies and hicks and I was like well, I'll try to watch the episode I get that too but I, I have hope for this they cut to uh, a black football coach who's coaching a high school team and then they show some of his players there's a couple black kids and some white kids and they have a big game coming up so they show that uh Tony goes down in the mines with some um, coal miners, kind of gets a feel for what goes down down there. He talks to some 
to um, some people about owning guns and them hunting for food and then to a, another young lady who somehow she can do anything a man can do and provides for herself and her family and and how drugs are a major problem. Then he goes to a, a restaurant um, somewhere in West Virginia where um, they, they're working on... I mean, it was, it was really just for food and they were just talking about the state. And then the whole thing ends... And at some point, they show strippers. <laughs> they did. True story. At some point, the game end, the thing ends where they show that football team they showed earlier. Their homecoming game, I believe. They were getting their butts whooped. And then there's a furious comeback, and they end up winning the game like 46 or 47 to 40. And then that's how it ends. And I was disappointed. Because... I definitely wanted something like that. I mean, I mean, it's great that West Virginia was featured. It's not that I wanted something like that. But I was hoping that since it was Bourdain, and I respect this dude, and this dude's an he he doesn't he, he he's a straight shooter, man. I thought that there would be more expansion of what West Virginia was truly about. But it really was that same old, we're poor, white, support Trump, support Donald. And that was that was kind of basics of it. He ate some squirrel and uh, different things. He, he was in this car as they were doing some buck wild shit. Shout out to my girl, Kara Parrish. They were crashing cars off the side of a bank and... All this other stuff. Because that's what, that's what we do here in West Virginia. Didn't go anywhere near any major cities. Like, I think if, if you're doing a, a parts unknown on a whole sit, state like that, you go to the major cities. Like, he, didn't, he wasn't in Charleston. He didn't come to Morgantown. He didn't go to Martinsburg. With, like he didn't go to any of the major cities, major cities that would have featured other people besides white faces. I didn't agree with everything that was said on that show, because immediately when they were talking about the guns, the guys like they're not gonna take my guns away from me. Blah 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 blah. Nobody wants to take your guns away. We want to control them so that the crazy people can't get them. few places there you can go uh, you could just roll out in your pickup truck with a bunch of guns not come back for several days and just go hunting you can't find that much anymore like how, how come there wasn't any black faces how come there was no discussions with anybody from a major city no poli- I mean I don't know I guess he doesn't sit down with politicians that often I don't watch parts of none I like no, no reservations in the layover but there was a couple black people here and there but it's like why not sit down and have one of those conversations with a black family the only time you saw black people was with sports that was what's disappointing for me you came to our state you said great things about us 
you featured our state on your show. But then you continue the narrative of us being broke rednecks and didn't think about anybody else who was involved. Though they did mention that their that inter interracial dating was not a big deal at wherever that football team was at. I'm disappointed, man. I, I really hope that it be it would be different with you, Tony, but I appreciate the kind words you have for a state. Still a fan. I just wish you would have uh, seen the bigger picture. Just my opinion. Recommendations. Smodcast. Um, it was the one right after. Um, Kevin had a heart attack. Kevin Smith had a heart attack, and he's with Mosier, and they're just talking about what happened. And it's also a funny episode. Uh, so I recommend that as a two-parter. So you, I haven't checked out the second part, but I recommend that. Um, just listening to his old, Kevin's whole ordeal and then having him back with Scott Mosier like old times. That was a lot of fun. The Combat Jack reunion show. These are all podcasts, by the way. I uh, listened to that reunion show they did after Reggie passed away. It's a hot mess. There's a lot of people talking. You got Just Blaze, Premium Pete, Dallas Penn. People called in. It, it was it was a huge party. It was loud. It was fast. There's a lot of cool stories I was told. Combat Jack left behind a hell of a legacy. So please check that out. And then the last podcast recommendation I got recommendation I got is It's the Reels, a waste of time podcast, episode 179. Neef Buck and Freeway. Neef Buck is one half of the Young Guns, formerly signed to Rockefeller Records in its heyday. Neef is still on his solo shit, as is Freeway, as is Young Chris. I think Freeway is trying to get a kidney transplant, though. I think he has some kind of issue with his kidneys. Uh, but they were on the show, and Neef chopped up a lot of uh, Rockefeller history in that episode. A lot of the backstory about how him and Chris got to Rockefeller and then state properties formation, as well as just some cool gems. And it was it was a cool, honest interview. So check out the Smodcast where Kevin talks about the heart attack, the Combat Jack reunion show before they change the name to what it is now, hosted by Dallas Penn, and a waste of time with it's the real 179 Neef Buck and Freeway. Now, if you are in the podcast. If you're in the iTunes, go to your iTunes. I messed that all up. If you want to support Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, Barack Obama approved, go to your iTunes, type in Hyphen Nation, subscribe. You'll get all the episodes when they're released. From there, rate and review. The more you rate, the more you review, the more the iTunes algorithm will pick up the show and more people will be able to hear the world's greatest podcast. i greatly appreciate it if you would do that. For my Android people, and yes, I got an S9. I am back on Team Android. You got Google Play Music, and Android has a whole plethora, plethora of podcast apps. Hyphen Nation is featured on most of them, so 
make sure you check that out. But Google Play Music is the main one for the Android that I know we're on. And I also just got us added to the Radio Public Directory, um, as well as Isla Pal. So I was experimenting with that as, as well. So for my Android people, there you go. If you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and click on this episode's page, you'll actually see a link that says subscribe on Android and it'll give you a whole list of apps that you can download so you can listen to podcasts. It's really cool. Hyphenation is on Stitcher. Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash be hyphen. Find all the episodes on there. Uh, also on the TuneIn app and also on Pocket Cast. Where else is hyphenation at? Hmm... Oh, yes, on the um, Blueberry podcast directory. It's now found on there. Check us out on there. If you Google hyphenation, make sure you Google Google hyphenation podcast. We'll come right up. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com has all your needs as far as all the hyphen podcast group podcasts from the, from the podcast network. Um, all the episodes of hyphenation is on there hyphenuniverse.com also has all the episodes there. That's my personal website. Shout out to our sponsor, Mark Rob, the M-A-R-C dot, damn, the M-A-R-C R-O-B dot wordpress.com. Written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showing Mad Love, Showing Mad Love Robinson. Hadn't written anything for a while, but he has a plethora, again, of great content on there so make sure you check that out i'm sure he has something that he's cooking up and he just hasn't completed it because life comes at you fast so make sure you check out mark rob uh let's see got the websites itunes stitcher youtube google If you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and go to the Hyphen Nation page itself, you'll see an RSS link. You take that link, or you can use the old link, which is feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016. You take either one of those links, put them into your favorite podcast listening device, turn that bitch sideways, and you can get all 62 episodes of FIRE! And your podcast listen device, so make sure you do that. B H Y P H E N on Twitter, B hyphen at gmail.com if you want to contact the show, or hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, or hyphen universe on Facebook, facebook.com slash hyphen universe, or facebook.com slash hyphen podcast group, or at hyphen pod group on Twitter. That's how you do it, that's how it's done. Words of wisdom for today. Keep your eye on the prize. Stay focused. And be creative. Chill. Power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life. No matter what that may be, no matter what you have to do, you always have to remain you. Call your mom, hug your dad, shake your sister's hand, punch your brother playfully in the arm, lock a Kimura lock on your cousin. Whatever it is, make sure you know, make sure you let them know how much they mean to you. Write your aunt a letter, call your friend who lives across the country, send an email, all that. Try to have genuine interactions with people. It can go a long way. 
Markel Fultz, your jumper's still trash, and you're probably going to lose in the second round. My apologies to you. We ran out of time. Wakanda forever. Always. And I appreciate every single one of y'all who take time to listen to this podcast. I really do. Thanks, y'all.